This is the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. So each week we review the Bible passage for that week's study. We examine some questions that teachers may face and we give some teaching tips along the way. This spring we are studying the second half of Genesis. I'm Amber Vaden, your host, and today I'm joined by Bill Craig. Bill serves as our Senior Vice President over Publishing and Ministry Experiences team. He leads a Bible study at his church each week using Explore the Bible, so he brings a lot of wisdom and experience to our conversation. Uh, Bill, thanks for being here today. I'm happy to be here. It's always, uh, it's always a joy to get to be able to join this podcast. I love it. Well, it is, it is a bonus for us, for sure. And um, I will just add this, Bill. So Bill's been at Lifeway. How many years, Bill? Uh, 34 and a half right now. And uh, I know you're about to say, I'm planning to retire. Yeah. <laughs> I'm planning to retire next spring, right at the end of this quarter. So that'll be my 35th yeah. anniversary at Lifeway. Uh, the same month I'm planning to retire. So uh, the Lord called me here 35 years ago and He's uh, talking to me about what's next in life. So as I look forward to retirement, I'm sure he's got something else in mind for me. Maybe it includes staying connected to this uh, podcast and Explore the Bible. I imagine I'll keep teaching from Explore the Bible for a long time. Well, we would love that. Some of our listeners, you may be familiar, uh, a, familiar a familiar voice to them because you've been on this podcast some. Uh, for others who don't know, Bill has just cultivated a legacy at LifeWay and has been a huge benefit serving the church uh, through curriculum de- development and design. And uh, he is just the best of the best. So we're real grateful for you, and uh, but obviously excited for what the Lord has uh, in store for you. Thank you, Amber. That's kind. You're welcome. Uh, well, we'll begin today. We will. I will give just a short overview of the events that happen in the passage that we're looking at today, and then we will j- dive into some questions. Uh, so we're in Genesis chapter 24. Having been sent by Abraham to find a wife for Isaac, Abraham's servant arrived in the city where Abraham's relatives lived. Uh, It was a difficult task uh, to find a wife, and so the servant sought the Lord uh, and asked him to show him which girl should be Isaac's wife. The servant, he requested a sign from the Lord, and he asked that the right girl would offer him a drink and also offer to water his camels. So that's an interesting part. We'll discuss that a little later uh, in the podcast. Before he had even finished speaking, Rebecca arrived at the spring carrying a jar. She was the daughter of Bethuel and the granddaughter of Abraham's brother, and she was also a virgin and attractive. When she was approached by the servant, Rebecca gave him a drink of water. She also offered to provide water for the camels, uh, and she quickly filled the water trough going back and forth from the well to do so. Rebecca identified herself as a descendant of Nahar and explained that her family could accommodate the servant and the camels for the night, and so he bowed worshiped the Lord and praised him for his faithfulness and guidance. Our summary statement over the whole session is this, God directs the steps of those who seek him. We will dive into some questions. Abraham sent his servant. Why was it important to find a wife in Syria? So it was important to Abraham that his uh, son would find a wife 
who would be a follower of God and not a follower of the false gods in the land where he had moved to. So this is covered at the beginning of the chapter. It's not part of the focal verses, but uh, verse 3 in Genesis 24 says, I will have you swear by the Lord God of heaven and God of earth that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live. So he was very interested in uh, his son, Isaac, having a wife who would come from his family and his family would have that kind of uh, relationship with the Lord that was important for maintaining that kind of godly family that Abraham wanted his son to have. An interesting thing you might want to do as you teach this lesson is to look forward to what Moses and other people in the Old Testament had to say to Israel as they settled in the land where Abraham had them. So you come to Exodus 34, and in Exodus 34, verse 15, Moses is warning the Israelites about intermarrying with the Canaanites. He says, do not make a treaty with the inhabitants of the land, or else when they prostitute themselves with their gods, and sacrifice to their gods, they'll invite you and you will eat their sacrifices. Then you will take some of their daughters as brides for your sons. Their daughters will prostitute themselves with their gods and cause your sons to prostitute themselves with their gods. And so Moses is warning the people of Israel not to be uh, intermarried with the Canaanites who are worshipers of false gods. We see this several times in lots of places in the Old Testament. We also hear it in Deuteronomy, and for good reason, because by the time we get to Judges and they're actually settled in the land, then we find out in Judges 3 uh, that they have done just this very thing. So Judges chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 but they settled among the Canaanites, Hethites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. The Israelites took their daughters as wives for themselves, gave their own daughters to their sons, and worshipped their gods. So the very thing that Moses warned about, that Abraham was concerned about for his son Isaac, took place because they weren't as careful as Abraham was in directing his servant to find a wife for Isaac from among the land where people worshipped God and from his family, really his extended family. That's a helpful explanation. And it's important to recognize here that the goal, the whole purpose of that instruction to go there and find a wife instead of, you know, other places, the goal was fidelity uh, to the Lord and faithfulness and to not be in a situation where he might be tempted to follow false gods or foreign gods that that perhaps a potential wife in her family might follow. So it's it's interesting to see the whole reason and motive behind that and That's right. Your explanation was a really good one because it, before you started going into judges I thought really we see if not the explicit instruction we see the intent 
uh, throughout the Old Testament a whole lot. Like, do not take on other gods, you know, do not worship other gods and don't be led astray uh, when you move into these new lands. And that's exactly why. Uh, what obstacles might keep us from seeking God first when we need guidance? So this is a great question. I'm glad you asked it. And I want to encourage teachers of this lesson to use this as a question with your uh, with your group or with your class. What obstacles keep us from seeking God first? And so you might want to think about that in your own life. I certainly had to think about it in mine. And I think about obstacles that keep me from seeking uh, direction from God are things like pride, like I believe I know best for myself, a lack of faith, like why would God be concerned about me? Or maybe I would consider it this isn't important enough to take to the Lord. Like this is a question that may seem important to me, but surely God has more important things than this. Or maybe I just don't really want God's answer. I have a hunch what God's answer might be. Or I might even know what God's answer is from reading and studying his word. And I don't really want that. And so I want to follow my own way. And so I avoid seeking God's direction, and those things become obstacles, pride and a lack of faith and this desire to go my own way instead of his way. Mm-hmm. Those are those are all ones that, honestly, we have probably all dealt with at one time or another when we are faced with a decision to make. I think it takes uh, a little bit of spiritual maturity to really kind of hit pause when you know that a decision needs to be made and maybe your first response is, oh, I think I can take care of this. <laughs> I can handle this one. Or even you mentioned your last one, which I thought was a really good one, that we might not want to know God's instruction because we already have an idea of what he would tell us to do. And that is not the easy route. And uh, so those all of those, I think if we can have a conversation about it out loud with your small group or with your Sunday school class, it's helpful because it'll help us to recognize, am I am I doing that without noticing or intentionally doing it? And it can help you uh, to recognize when you are so that you can kind of pull yourself back and go, no, uh, I should be seeking the Lord on this and seeking his word. I might have to intentionally try to put my own pride aside in order to do that. Um, so, I, so those are great, great reasons and very realistic ones, I think. Right. So we know in Genesis chapter four, God answered the servant's prayer seemingly quickly and clearly, which is always nice to see. We don't always get quick and clear answers to our prayers. Uh, so why doesn't God always do that? And what can, what can we do when he doesn't? Yeah, so this is a great follow-up to that question we were just talking about. So why why don't we go to God for direction? And maybe somebody would say, well, I've gone to God for direction. He didn't answer my question. And we look for, uh, we wish every time we ask God for a question that he would answer as quickly and as clearly as he did with this servant mm-hmm. and Rebecca in, in Genesis chapter 24. But To tell you the truth, we're not always ready to hear God's answer. And so there's more preparation we need in our life in order to be ready to hear him and to follow him. 
Uh, Psalm 66, 18, for example, says, if I had been aware of malice in my heart, the Lord would not have listened to me. So maybe I need to search my own life and find what's blocking my relationship with the Lord. Is there some sin? Is there anger? Is there a broken relationship in my heart that keeps the Lord from hearing me and keeps the Lord from speaking an answer to me that I'm willing to hear? I also believe God gives us, you know, time to confess those things. And so he's not answering us right away because he wants us in right relationship with him first. Sometimes, too, I think it's that God's timing is such that he's waiting for a time to answer the prayer when he can be most glorified. I think I've just been reading this in in my daily study. Uh, In John chapter 11, uh, we have the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. But if you remember the beginning of that story, people come to Jesus and they tell him Lazarus is sick and he's close to death. Would you come? His sisters want you to come and heal him. And Jesus says this sickness is going to lead to God being glorified. And I will come. But then he waits two days before he begins his journey to see his friend Lazarus. Lazarus dies. And by the time Jesus is there, he's been in the tomb for several days. And Jesus calls Lazarus forth from the tomb. And God is glorified because it's on his timing, not on the timing of the people. Uh, It glorifies God. And then 2 Peter chapter 3 uh, tells us that time for God is not like time that we experience. So a day is like a thousand years uh, to the Lord, or a thousand years is like a day to the Lord. And he is not quick or ready uh, that any should perish. He wants all to come to repentance. So he gives time in his time for repentance. And he sees all these things that we think are taking a long time and are not quick answers to our prayers according to our time frame. But in God's sight, it's just in time when he answers the prayer. Goodness, that's a good discussion. And uh, and another super valuable one to have in our groups this week. I'm just going to recap what you said because they were good. Uh, the first reason why we might not receive a super quick answer from the Lord is we're not in right relationship with him to hear it. Uh, secondly, maybe we are in the right relationship, but God's timing is not is not best right now. He is uh, seeking to accomplish his purposes and that maybe for more glory for him uh, to re- to result from a situation or just some other purpose that he's accomplishing. And we don't always know those. And so that's helpful to remember. It may not be the Lord's timing. And then finally, general encouragement to understand and, and remember that time for God is not the same as time for us. So he's, he is working on his own time frame and he is allowing people to have time for repentance. And so that's, that's another, uh, we know that, but to hear that and to remind ourselves of that is um, is a benefit. So our last question, and we mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast when I was kind of given an overview of what's happening in this 
passage, but in verse 13, I'm sorry, in verse 14, uh, specifically the servant says this, uh, let the girl to whom I say, please lower your water jug so that I may drink and who responds, drink and I'll, and I'll water your camels also. Uh, so he said he was looking for someone who would also water the camels. So why was that important? Well, this is really interesting. And I had to do a little bit of studying and thinking to answer this question. So I'm glad we're taking time to talk about it. I won't take a long time to answer. But I did read one commentator who said this might have taken 100 trips from the water source to the trough for the camels because of how much water the camels drink and how much her jug probably uh, could carry in one trip. And so we're not talking about like, I'm going to go three times and get enough water for the camels. This could take a long time to do. So what's the purpose here? Was the servant of Abraham just looking for a way to test this girl? Well, I think what he's looking for is not just her beauty, not just that she's from the right part of the country, not just, you know, a, a young lady who is uh, ready to get married, but somebody who's ready to take on the responsibility of a family. And so in watering the camels, he's testing her character. It shows that she's ready for the responsibility uh, to assume the responsibility of a family. She's intelligent. She's aware. She's alert that there's needs that go beyond our own or beyond the expressed ones of the servant who said, can I have a drink of water? She recognizes the camel needs, uh, the camels need some water. And then he sees her as a hard worker and one who cares for uh, even the animals around her. So her worth is very high in his esteem now. This is a, a beautiful young woman from the right family in the right place. And she is selfless and a hard worker. She's self-directed. She does this on her own. Uh, exactly the kind of woman who's going to come back and be the perfect wife to establish a family with Isaac. So I think that's why he asks about the camel. Each week, we also spend just a moment highlighting a teaching tip or something found in the resources that could be especially beneficial to a group discussion. Uh, this week, pack item number four is really a good one. It is a poster, and it's called Principles of Prayer. And on it, there are uh, six different things that are principles of prayer. It is really, really good, very practical. And in the leader guide, there is there's an activity that you can do that it leads you to compare the items on the poster with your group, compare the items on the poster to the elements in the servant's prayer. So it's an interesting way to really look at the scripture and what the servant was praying and kind of look at what his prayer was like and what, uh, what are some principles for prayer that we can take from that and incorporate into our own prayer lives. So it's an interesting one. Thank you for listening today. From time to time on the podcast, we mentioned different resources in the Explore the Bible family. The Leader Pack, the Adult Commentary, and Quick Source are just a few. You can find out more about all of the Explore the Bible resources on our website at goexplorethebible.com. And that's goexplorethebible.com. Bill, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me again. I enjoyed it. Of course. 
Well, we always uh, appreciate you making the time to be be a part. Uh, next week, we will have Bob Bunn with us. We will discuss parts of Genesis 27, and we hope you'll join us.